It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Kill, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception the Show. Matt, how are you doing today, pal? I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's move week, so uh, ready to start. Drive across the country at the end of the week, man. I'm I'm ready. I'm go. gassed up, uh, and you know, by the time people listen to this, uh, I might very well be, you know, in like damn Arizona, New Mexico, or something. You never know. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, we're continuing our look here um, at uh, soon to be second year players: Traylon Burks, Romeo Dubs, uh, Christian Watson, and I thought Alec Pierce uh, had a very interesting rookie campaign. I, I thought he was one of the more interesting players. Going into 2022, what is it going to look like in 2023? We're going to get to that Indianapolis Colt very shortly. But I want to start the show off again by talking about Traylon Burks. Interesting guy here because uh, I tell you what, uh, I thought football Twitter liked him a whole hell of a lot more than old Matt Harmon. 11 games, 54 targets, 33 receptions, 444 yards, just one touchdown. I thought he had more than that last year but no just one touchdown a 61.1 percent catch rate uh but tell the folks matt you were you weren't ever really super high on Traylon burks no uh i was not uh so and i think a lot of it had to do with you know when you go back to his collegiate profile it's important to remember he was playing in kind of this goofy uh college role um, in his reception perception sample for during during college, eighty point five percent of his snaps in the slot or backfield, and eighty four percent of his snaps off the line of scrimmage. We'll come back to that in just a second. We talked about what he okay. did in the NFL, but so remember that he was mostly playing in kind of this like weird role. Um, and you know, so you didn't get a lot of reps of him against press man coverage, and when you did. I do not. I don't care about what his yards per route run against press coverage. Go watch some of those plays, like yards per route run again. Mostly fired into the sun, but especially in an instance like this, where you know the guys like <laughs> okay. covering so the guy covering him against Alabama like falls down and he runs the rest of the field, and all those yards are getting like you know rolled into his yards per route run against press coverage. Anyways. Uh, if you know, go back to the college sample, 57.5% success rate versus man, 62.5% success rate versus press. Those were some of the lower numbers among the class that year. So I kind of thought he would mostly be, uh, you know, he'd kind of sort of continue that slot receiver role in, co- in the NFL that he had in college. Cause you know, he wasn't terrible from like a, from a zone beating perspective, 82.2% in college, that was pretty good at Arkansas. So I kind of mm-hmm. thought he'd be in like the juju truthers. And I mean, excuse me, I just blew it there. The comparison that I was going to have was the, the Traylon Burks truthers don't love this, but I thought that like his best comparable, like best role would be as a juju Smith Schuster style, big slot receiver. The Titans don't agree. Big. 
Yeah, the, the Titans don't agree, apparently, uh, because no, basically they do not. They, you know, I t- like I mentioned, 80.5% of his snaps in the slot or backfield and 84% of his snaps off the line in college. The Titans, you know, they have A.J. Brown exit the exit the, 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 the situation. He's gone. Um, and then, you know, they just throw Traylon Burks into his X receiver role. He took, uh, he was on the line on 75% of his sample snaps and was outside on 83.5%. I mean, I do want to say before we get into some of the, 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 the Traylon Burks profile that James, that is like learning a completely new position being out there as the X receiver versus what he was doing in college. And I do think that's an important note. I, can I just say this? I, I don't understand the utilization, I guess. Well, I, I understand from like a, a body type standpoint, the guy's 6'2", 225 pounds. Um, he was, you know, not not the craziest athlete. I thought he looked way more athletic on the field than he did in terms of testing at the combine, right? Ran a four five five. At 225 pounds, that's fine. That's that's completely fine, but it doesn't jump out the charts. His vertical yeah. of 33 inches, again, fine for a player of that size, but again, it just doesn't it doesn't wow you, right? But when you watch him on the field, I mean, he was an absolute tank, right? So it was a little bit I, I was a little bit torn on it. Um, he certainly was a guy where you know, people were making up excuses in regards to his combine numbers, you know, and, and like the thing you heard a lot was just Oh, go watch the tape. Go watch the tape. The guy's way more athletic than than what he's testing. As it turns out, maybe he wasn't. You know, I don't think we saw necessarily that that crazy athleticism uh, on the field in the NFL uh, last year either. So, I get it from a size standpoint. Six two two twenty five. He's certainly built like an outside X receiver, Matt. But I guess where I'm confused is if he was primarily a slot guy in college, didn't show you a lot of traits as a man-beating guy on the outside in college, what makes this coaching staff then say, well, obviously we're going to stick him on the outside. There seems to be a disconnect there. And by the way, this is very a very true story, but there is was clearly a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff. Uh, yeah, the the general manager exactly. got fired in the middle exactly. of the season. Uh, the head coach <laughs> definitely did not want them to trade AJ Brown, and definitely wanted everybody to know it because he said in before Mike Vrabel said before that AJ Brown trade, like as long as I'm the head coach of the Titans, AJ Brown will be on the Titans. And then they turn around and trade him in the middle of the draft, and like I do, like I do, I like Mike Vrabel a lot as a coach, so I'm a, I'm a big Mike Vrabel fan. Um, yeah, but like he was really hamming it up in the in like the war room video like in the draft like he was really letting everybody like he was you know walking around like shaking his head as they're making the trade so basically like holding up a sign saying i didn't do this this was not my decision to trade aj brown (laughs) and then by the way the general manager drafts a, a, a quarterback in the third round that the coaching staff doesn't want shit to do with in Malik right. Willis, you know, so they right. clearly disconnect there for sure. Um, I, 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 and I don't know. I, I don't know why they think this is the role for him because, um, I still think like you mentioned the athleticism part of it. I think his athleticism got a little overstated as a collegiate player because he was playing in this like goofy role that I mentioned, you know, he's getting slot snaps and like motion pre-snap playing out of the backfield. Like people compared this guy to Debo Samuel, like I can give me a break, like no way, you know, not at all. So, um, I don't know, dude, of all of the players 
you know, we talked about George Pickens on on the last episode. Um, right. I mentioned there are concerns in George Pickens' profile, but there's also some positive notes in George Pickens' profile. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about like that. I'm that I was like, okay, I'm I got some concerns about George Pickens in terms of reaching his ceiling, but I, I'm pretty confident he's going to be like a solid starting X receiver, like we talked about, like Devontae Parker, yeah. Kenny Galladay type. Um, you know, we're going to talk about Christian Watson here later. I've, I've got my concerns about Christian Watson, but the one guy I'm like maybe really concerned about is Traylon Burks because I just don't know as long as they're going to stick him in this role, like what we've seen so far to really show that he can be a high volume receiver, you know, 23rd percentile success rate versus man, 24th percentile success rate versus press, oh. 24th percentile success rate versus zone. Like you don't, there's not a lot of like guys that you can go back in the database that like I talked about with George Pickens, you know, the low success rate versus zone, but at least he's really good against press coverage. And he's like kind of average against man coverage. Traylon Burks, like, you know, there's just nothing really to hang your hat on here. The only thing you really hang your hat on here with Traylon Burks is like his slant route success rate is really high. His dig route success rate is pretty good at 79.2%. Like he's great on these like crossing routes, which in the Titans offense, you know, when they're going to, you know, run play action and potentially bring guys up to defend the run against Derrick Henry, he's going to make some plays on those routes. But like, then we go back to the athleticism stuff, James, like, he he can really get rolling when he's in space because he's got some decent like build up speed at that side yeah, yeah, size. Yeah. But like he went down on first contact on seventy six point five percent of his in space plays that I that I charted for reception perception. He's not like a That's tackle not breaker good. either. Yeah, he's not really yeah. a tackle breaker. So uh, and, you know, seventy five percent contested catch rate. He can definitely win the ball down the field. But I think he remains. Right a really, really, really difficult evaluation. You know, didn't shine as a separator against presser man. Didn't really have that zone beating skill that he showed in, in the, in the zone heavy slot receiver role he had in college. And like all, again, all of this stuff is like not surprising if you watched him play in college. And um, again, to bring it back to like historical comparables, I, I went back and looked like guys that around that 61 point three percent success or 64.4 percent success rate versus right. man that he had you know the the best i can give you is like mike williams 61 percent success rate versus man in 2018 um but again he was better against zone coverage you know 79.4 percent again another mike i got another mike williams season in here at 2021 61.5 percent success rate versus man but 67 percent success rate versus press 79.7 percent success rate versus zone like you know, maybe right. DJ, DJ Moore when he was kind of trying to figure it out like early in his career, but he was good. He was improving against press and was really good. 81% success rate versus zone. So like, I don't know, I'm struggling to see a, a, an outside receiver here, you know, that, that kind of fits this Traylon Burks mold that ended up becoming a high volume receiver. I, I don't know. Like actually some of his numbers are like similar to Jarvis Landry, which I think would people would find is weird, but, and they're not yeah, going to play the same one. role. So I don't know. Um, I, when I look through the historical database, I think, uh, a name that maybe kind of sort of jumps out to me that, it, and again, if you want to look at on the high side of what could possibly be, how about Alshon Jeffrey? Um, mm-hmm. again, another big body wide receiver, especially this is, and we're looking at 2017 Alshon Jeffrey, right? Uh, 61.4% success rate versus man. Not very good. Uh, but 77.4% success rate versus zone. Also not the best. Um, but if if Traylon Burks could have somewhat of an Alshon Jeffrey type of outside X receiver type of, of situation, I think Titan fans would actually be pretty happy with that. Yeah. I mean, maybe not with a first round pick, 
uh, obviously. Maybe that ship has already sailed. Uh, but Alshon Jeffrey, in terms of body type, because Jeffrey was such a big boy, um, you know, he was great. You talk about a guy that was great in contested catch situations. Like that dude could could snatch the ball out the air. Um, maybe that is something that you know, if you wanted to be optimistic about Traylon Burks, about maybe Alshon Jeffrey, maybe is a comp yep. that uh, you could maybe potentially hang your hat on. Alshon, some of his best seasons were like, yeah, it's 67% success rate versus man in 2018. Um, now he was again, a guy that was around 78 to 77, 79% against zone and Traylon Burks has got to get better there. Um, even if you're not going to be a, you're not going to separate a ton cause you're not the best athlete. Like Alshon Jeffrey definitely well, you know, not twitched up or anything like that. No. Um, I, Traylon Burks, I don't think is either. doesn't have the same, doesn't have long speed either. Like, I think that's that's a good – that's actually a really good comparison, Alshon Jeffrey. I think that's even better than Mike Williams because I think Mike Williams has a little more, like, a little more pop than Traylon Burks yeah. does. Uh, you know, and, and I think Jeffrey actually, like, best-case scenario would be a really good one. Um, You know, that they his 20 – you're right, that 2017 season, which, by the way, is, like, deep into Alshon Jeffrey's career. It was. Career, you know, no, at it that was. Point. Right. Not, like, not nothing, but, it you know, it's still. Like, it, it wasn't the end. Jeffrey really fell off the cliff in like 2019, but yeah, that that's probably like the best, the best season you could look at for, for um, Alshon yeah. to compare to Traylon Burks. I, I actually like that one a lot. Yeah. We're just hoping here again, if you're, if you're rooting for Traylon Burks, you're rooting for the Titans, you're just hoping uh, that he can develop his route running just a little bit. Maybe his awareness against zone. Uh, by the way, you, you did mention, right. That, uh, that he was pretty good against zone coverage. Traylon Burks was in college. So in college, that's, yeah. I think that's something that's in his arsenal, uh, you know, recognizing and beating zone coverage from an outside X receiver position or flanker spot, a little bit different, obviously. Yeah. Uh, different but routes. you know, I, yeah, certainly the traits though, um, could potentially be there to be again, better against zone coverage. And I think just by watching the guy play eyeball test only, um, it seems as if that would be the easiest path for him to improve as a player. Just recognition of zone and just really beating zone coverage. Yeah, totally. I think that's got that's got to be it. Um, again, especially because you're going to get a lot of like play action looks, you know, stuff like that. That would be a really crucial thing for him. Um, yeah, just I don't know, man. I I think this is the one I'm 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 stuck on the most because he didn't translate some of that zone beating skill to the NFL in year one. He right. didn't he was predictably not good against press man coverage. And if they're going to have him play that X receiver role, which by the way, they're definitely going to have him do again this year. Their other receivers are like Nick Westbrook, Akine, Kyle Phillips. I kind of like, I kind of like Kyle Phillips as a sleeper slot receiver. Me too. Chig, yeah, sure. Chig Ocon this is another thing too, is like Chig Oconquo, their tight end. I think mm -hmm. he showed a lot towards the end of the year was probably their best pass catcher. Oh, yeah. Most explosive. He was definitely their most explosive pass catcher. And it's like, gonna kind of he's gonna kind of win in a samey sort of way that Traylon Burks like best routes overlap with like slants digs crossers stuff like that right I think that's kind of what you want Chigo Conquo to be as well so that's a little interesting to me I don't know um you know it's funny just because like you look at that receiver core and everybody's like oh Traylon Burks gonna get like a 40 percent target share well let me tell you what he better be a lot better he better be a lot better or that is going to be a rough 40 targets for the tennessee titans who probably aren't going to be a very good offense anyways this year i don't know what to do to make of their quarterback room by the way you got ryan Tannehill, malik willis and now will levis right so like what do we 
I mean, I don't, what, what is that room? You know, it's like you got Malik Willis who absolutely threw up all over his shoes last year. Um, Ryan Tannehill's certainly, I mean, he is just so old now. Uh, and then Will Levis is this guy. I don't think he's ready either. You know what I mean? So boy, that, that quarterback room is, is real dicey, man. Um, and, and then the offensive line, I thought to, it, it took a step back this year. So boy, man, this Tennessee offense could be in a world of hurt. Uh, yeah. And like there, they did add to the offensive line. Peter Skronsky was their first round pick. So that I should get better. You know, how long can they ride like the Derrick Henry era? Um, I think there's a chance they could have like pushed this one year too far. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, like this core of the team, especially cause I think not having AJ Brown is still such a huge deal. I know Titans fans have to like, whenever they hear the name AJ Brown, like brought up in these discussions, like still, we're still talking about this, but it just like, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna come up. Sorry to say. Um, <laughs> right. And, and I, right. I think again, you look at, you read the, the body language when, when they make the Will Levis pick, like, I don't think, I don't think Mike Vrabel's all that down with like Will Levis. Right. Cause he's, I think he still loves Ryan Tannehill and I get it. Like Ryan Tannehill is a gritty player. He's really tough. He will stand right. in there even to his detriment and take a shot under pressure what we talked about in the last episode with Derek Carr where like you know the pressure it's going to get a little it's going to get a little wonky there he's going to want to check that yep. ball down Ryan Tannehill will stare down the barrel and you wait till the very last minute to pull that trigger and he will get himself crushed but it's an admirable trait uh and it will get himself injured right they definitely don't want anything had to do with Malik Willis and now it's like all right well we Mike Vrabel wants to win Mike Vrabel wants to, to compete and we're using a second round pick on a quarterback that is we ideally don't want to play. I think it's mm -hmm. a tough quarterback room right now. I mean, maybe Will Levis ends up being good, but yeah. again, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect there between the front quarterback and the front staff. office and the coaching staff. And and I yeah. think that's been demonstrated in their quarterback picks the last two years. So um, I don't know. I, I think, I, th I think we're, we're in a little bit of an odd spot with this Titans offense. And, and for that reason, it just makes me kind of like, Raise one more eyebrow at, at Traylon Burks and what we might get out of him. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Perception, perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. In Green Bay, they, they try to feature a pair of wide receivers there, Romeo Dubs and, and Christian Watson. Uh, Watson was interesting too, right, because he started the season uh, dropping a, a surefire touchdown week one <laughs> and then was in the doghouse and then uh, mid-season revival to say the least, right? We're talking about a seven-touchdown 
stretch in a four game stretch for the rookie Christian Watson. I mean, you talk about a hot streak, man, seven touchdowns in four games. What's uh, very impressive, but uh, let's start with Watson there. Okay. Cause he's the more high profile guy. Certainly, you know, higher drafted, obviously 66 targets, 41 receptions, 611 yards. And again, seven touchdowns, all of them coming in a four game stretch, 62% catch rate for Christian Watson. Uh, you alluded to it earlier in the show. You saw some traits that say, hmm, okay, it raises some red flags. But overall, what did you see from Watson's game in 2022? Yeah, w- once Christian Watson got healthy, too, because like that was, there was that big drop, and then he, he dealt with some injuries, I think, after week yep. two. They really started to get him rolling, and, and he definitely brought juice to the offense for sure. Um, I'll start with sort of like his utilization because, you know, he's a big receiver. He's a he's, – Definitely. I mean, he's an athletic player for sure. You just watch him play. You know, he's, he's a big time athlete. We know that Um, he was on the outside on 69.4% of his snaps. He was on the line for 63% off the line for 37 in the backfield as like a pre-snap motion guy for 5%. I really do like that utilization for him. You know, I I don't think you want him out there just being like a true X receiver because he's not really there yet. And, And he was definitely raw as a rookie, even when he was pulling off those like insane stretches in fantasy where he was like converting touchdowns at a, at a crazy clip, you know, 64% success rate versus man, 66.7% success rate versus press 77% success rate versus zone. That's not the worst in the world. That's pretty good. It's, I mean, it's not pretty good. It's fine. Uh, you know, so, um, <laughs> but you look at his route tree and it's a lot of like what you'd expect. It's vertical routes, nine routes, post routes, corner routes, out routes, these like base NFL routes, dig routes, slant routes, curl routes. He's got to get better there. But like they mostly ran him as a vertical player too. all the routes that he ran right. most often nines, posts, corners. He did run a lot of flat routes and had a really good success rate there. And I think that will be that's actually kind of some of his best stuff is when they can get him into the open field and like getting yeah. him off those little like flat routes where he dumps it off and he can make plays after the catch. That's good stuff. So I just have my questions right now about him being like a full field true number one receiver, but I'm confident that he's going to be like a really good, albeit slightly volatile, uh, number two receiver. You know, I, I compared him to Martavis Bryant when he came into the league and I, I still feel really, really good about that comparison. Yeah, I think that's a great comp, man. I, I really like that, especially the way they're utilized too, right? Like lid lifters, over the top, explosive plays. Um, that's, that's, it checks all the boxes between Christian Watson um, going there. So, you know, again, I, I want to talk a little bit about Watson though, moving forward here, because, um, is he the kind of player, look, sometimes you get great athletes, um, and great athletes can learn the position or can, they, they can learn any position a lot faster than, than non-great athletes. And I, to me, if you ask me, I, I really feel like Christian Watson could potentially be a great, is potentially a great athlete. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some of the start and stop stuff, maybe not so much there, but man, I tell you, uh, just given his size and, and, and and speed and and vertical leap and all those kind of things, he can learn the, I think he can learn things athletically faster than, than other normal humans. Right. So where, what that leaves me with is, okay, can this guy start diversifying his route tree? Did you see enough there, Matt, where you could say, okay, Listen, he's 33rd percentile versus man. He's 37th percentile versus zone. Those numbers, not very good. Now, again, Mm -hmm. some of those numbers obviously impacted greatly by the fact that he has to go in over the top. But did you see something there where you could say, hmm, okay, if if he really dedicates himself here, he could really improve and, and improve quickly. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely important to mention, as we mentioned with like uh, George Pickens before, some of these other vertical guys, their overall success rates are naturally going to be lower. Um, I would also note, too, that when you look at Christian Watson's um, like route success rate chart, Mm -hmm. all those not not necessarily the slants, the curls and the digs, that type of stuff. But like he got better as a vertical threat as the year went on. He got better on those flat routes, 80 percent success rate in the rookie report, 88 percent by the time the season ended. His post route success rate got better. His corner route success rate got better. Um, And again, he started running all those deep routes more so. I think there are still questions about him being a full field receiver and, and learning that stuff, but Hey, he already took steps and developed in the middle of his rookie season, which I think is really good. It's, it's kind of the, my problem with Pickens is that I think he got worse as the year went on. Whereas like Watson got better as the year went on, uh, the more he played, the better he sort of improved, but, but still primarily just in this like limited application vertical role, which is not bad. His ball skills are still a little bit of an adventure, uh, Christian Watson. Yes, um, very you know? much so. Yeah, <laughs> right. Eighteen <laughs> percent of his sample targets were contested, and he posted a seventy-five percent contested catch rate. That's pretty good. He also checked in with an eleven point six percent drop rate. So, like, I was going to say, I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah, so it's a little bit of good and bad, right? So, like, I'm surprised actually that his contested catch rate is so high. I didn't, I didn't quite see that. But then again, I think maybe my eyes were fooled by the fact that we saw a lot of drops too yeah yeah. uh, from christian watson yeah that that week one vikings one not contested but a rough (laughs) drop literally literally completely uncontested uh yeah tough scene so uh i I like christian i think of all these guys you know that that we've talked about that like i might be wanting to at least like flag you know not that i'm out i'm some of the traylon burks is tough but like these guys i'm not like out out on but like yeah. I just have a little concern with like Burks and Pickens and Watson. I think Watson's the one I feel the best about of those three. And actually, well, let me ask you this: like, who do you think is going to be a better player long term, Jahan Dotson or Christian Watson? Because you know, I I still like kind of want to be more in on Christian Watson from like a dynasty perspective, I guess. But um, I don't know. I just like Dotson's a better player right now, and it's hard to get away from that. And even when you look at like their rate stats and stuff, like touchdown rate and like just their raw stats, yeah. pretty similar. Pretty similar, like Jahan Dotson and, and uh, Christian Watson. It's just they couldn't be more different size and speed wise. Yeah, no, really. Uh, two things that, that that I take away there. One, I'm surprised that you say that you're a little bit higher on Watson from a dynasty per- perspective than than Dotson because, man, you love Dotson. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Know, I know, I know, um, I know. So I'm surprised are, to hear I, you I, say I, people that. People are starting to give me shit about it because they're like, John Dotson's not high enough in your dynasty rankings. I'm like, <laughs> I know, I, I know, I should probably give this a refresh, but. <laughs> Got a lot going on in my life. I don't know. Well, it, it also, I, listen, from, uh, again, when we're talking about fantasy football, it's a little bit different because then volume comes into perspective, all those kind of things. And Watson at least has a profile to be the number one receiver here, uh, potentially in a Green yeah. Bay offense, right? Whereas Dotson is still always going to be competing uh, for those looks with Terry McLaurin. So that's, I think that probably has factored a little bit into your rankings as well. Okay. Now, that being said, like uh, the touch, I, the other thing I took away was that, look, I'm, I'm saying this for, for both of those guys, Watson and Dotson. Okay. Their touchdown rates have to come down. I mean, it's just outrageous, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, look, 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 Watson had a 10.6% touchdown rate in 2022. Okay. Seven, uh, seven touchdowns on just 66 targets, right? Devonte Adams, who had damn near 15 touchdowns. 
he had a 7.7% touchdown rate. I think the league average, if I'm not mistaken, is around five or uh, like uh, high fours, low fives uh, in terms of percent. So uh, like (laughs) Watson being like almost, you know, more than double the, 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 the league average, it's coming down guys. You know what I mean? I know Watson makes splash plays over the top, but he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. Forget about it. Uh, Like it's coming way down. It's coming away. Same yep. thing with Dotson too. I was so impressed with his catch radius. The, the guy's catch radius is absolutely insane. Uh, but some of the touchdowns that he's making, come on, like it, it, it's not happening. You know what I mean? Like some of those spectacular plays are spectacular for a reason, but it's very hard to replicate uh, that in on a year in a year out basis. But that being said, to get back to your point though, Watson or Dotson, for me, um, I kind of sort of like Watson. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm showing myself here because you know me. I, I like these big boy X receivers yeah, that knew, win downfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I, I would I would particularly like Watson uh, a little bit ahead of Dotson, uh, just even from a real life perspective, because I just I just feel like there's just a little bit more moldable clay there. You know, and again, I don't think he showed, you know, when I look at his route tree, Matt, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not discouraged, you know, 75% mm-hmm. success rate on the curl, 73 on the slant with that certainly needs improvement. Uh, but I think you would agree with me that that a, a slant route can absolutely be improved, you know? So um, if he can show me a little bit of that on the curl and slants to add to his already pretty impressive vertical route tree. I'm intrigued, man. Sign me up. I mean, dude, we're complete parodies of ourselves at this point that um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, dude, John Dotson, crafty, small guy, route runner, separator. Yeah, I like this dude. Yeah. And James like, yeah. yeah, give me the big, fast athlete. Yep, 100%. <laughs> we're, we're, we've been doing shows together now, James, for, you know, forever. And, and it's just uh, repeat. It just never changes. It never changes. Never uh, change. Hey, his uh, his rookie counterpart, though, uh, Romeo Dobbs, he made a lot of noise in the preseason. Everyone in the preseason was like, oh, you got to keep an eye on Romeo Dobbs. He's going to be the number one wide receiver in Green Bay. Uh, you know, not necessarily the case, but certainly uh, it's they formed an interesting, you know, one-two tandem there uh, in Green Bay. 67 targets, 42 receptions, 425 yards. Three touchdowns for Romeo Dobbs and a 62.7% catch rate. Um, I thought this is a player that was, again, he's like in that Darius Slayton mold where he's just a a solid, solid receiver. I don't think he's Mm -hmm. like an ideal number two. Uh, Certainly, I don't think he's got the traits to be a number one. But boy, I I tell you, there was uh, the hype was getting hot and heavy there in the, the middle part of the season. Uh, well, he had a great game against Tampa Bay and people thought, okay, maybe Romeo Dobbs is going to take a step forward. And then obviously as the season wore on, um, that ended up not being the case, but, uh, traits, what do we see with Romeo Dobbs there in green Bay? Yeah, I think I completely like agree with, um, the Romeo Dobbs evaluation there. It's like, I think he's probably a really good three, uh, again, him and Christian Watson, there's a little bit of overlap here because they, they use both these guys as X and flankers. Dobbs was outside on yeah. 74.6% of his uh, sampled snaps off the line for 39% on the line for about 61%. So, you know, again, you know, a d- little bit X flanker rotation there between those two players. And 
you know, Dobbs's vest stuff is as a vertical route. They vertical route runner. Like they used him on on nines, twenty three percent of his routes. Corners, six point two percent of his routes. His post, seven point seven percent. Digs, fifteen point five percent. And the routes he was good on was all vertical stuff. Post, corner, out. But that's kind of it. You know, like there's not a, he's not really a, a consistent separate in the short to intermediate area. Fifth percentile success rate versus man. Ninth Oy. percentile success rate versus press. Like not mm. not great but he and he's another guy a little bit of an adventure with the ball skills 15.6 <laughs> drop rate is stunningly high Whoa. Re- yeah really frustrating 15 percent what 58.3 contested catch rate on 26.7 percent of his targets i mean he shows the ability to track the ball well in tight coverage and make some really good plays but then it's like i he's gonna let that one slip every now and again too so uh, yeah, he's definitely a bit of an adventure from a ball skill standpoint. I, I think you're right. Wow. They've probably hit on like a, a fine number three receiver, but like we know I'm high on Jaden Reed. I, I think Jaden Reed will be better than Romeo Dobbs like right away. Probably will be the two rece- receiver set player. And yeah, I, I think Jaden Reed's just like, I, I'm, I'm going to bet on the separator here when we're looking at these Packers receivers. And, you know, maybe I, I've said like, I think there's a chance he could be better. Which people, people hate, it drives me nuts when people are like, Make a real prediction. I say he could be. Like, tell me what you really think is going to happen. I think he could be better than Christian Watson. I think he could be. I don't think he will be. I think he could be. Like, if I thought he couldn't be, I, I would tell you that he can't be. Like, uh, I, I think there nuts. are. I think there that are a lot of players who I'm like, I, they can't be better than the number one on their team. I think Jane Reed could be better than the number one on his team. That's the that's the freaking prediction. Anyways, I think Reed will probably pass up Dobbs in in short order, but I do think Dobbs is like a nice number three receiver but like all this stuff that like we're talking about here with Dobbs and Watson and some of the holes in their game it's just a reminder that like Aaron Rodgers was dealing with a lot last year and like by the way these are the main guys he was playing with Dobbs played a ton Watson played a ton uh Sammy Watkins got cut god Jesus Christ I mean well first of all you're talking about two guys in Dubs and Watson that had double digit drop rates I mean yeah bro really that's tough, um, man. That's crazy. Hard to say why Rodgers always gets annoyed with rookies. <laughs> hard to say. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, why? Well, it's like, oh, why do you want Randall Cobb out there? Well, at least you know Randall Cobb's going to catch it. He's going to be in the he's right spot. Yep, you know, yep, he's yep, going to catch. Yep. He's going to be in the right spot. Like these guys, maybe not as much. So, yeah, it's just a reminder. That I think that was one thing I really felt looking at, at on Dobbs's full uh, RP profile, and, and and obviously Christian Watson too. Um, I, I think like this is a reminder that Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a lot. Even if Rodgers wasn't 100% healthy and wasn't 100% like his best self last year, there's a lot, a lot of crap going on in this Green Bay offense and, and a lot of just a lot of young dudes and, and these guys making rookie mistakes. So I think that was kind of my big takeaway from, from looking at these players. I did not realize that uh, Romeo Dobbs had such uh, difficulty securing that football. That's crazy, man. 15%. I don't, I, I I mean, I'd have to go through the historical data. I don't remember you ever saying a number that high. Like I I've seen 11, 12, uh, 15%, bro. That's, that's unbelievable. And, and it's doubly surprising to me because I didn't really notice it, I guess, uh, during the season. So I don't know. That's, that's a, that is really, really interesting stuff, man. Uh, but again, you talk about Jaden Reed there, and uh, and, and yeah, it's it, he he will uh, certainly again has a chance to form a, 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 a good chemistry there with Jordan Love. So we'll see. This 
is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Hey, you know, there was a, a outside X receiver uh, in Indianapolis that you and I both really, really like. Alec Pierce. This is a guy that um, tested extremely well from an athletic profile. Uh, and I thought they utilized him in a in a good role. They didn't have a quarterback that could fully <laughs> utilize him. Uh, but Alec Pierce, I thought, uh, you know, played his role well. 78 targets, 41 receptions, 593 through the air, so nearly 600 yards receiving, just two touchdowns, and just a 52.6% catch rate, which is obviously not very good. Uh, but Matt, uh, when you get beyond those numbers, though, I think there is something to be really excited about, especially with a very strong and athletic uh, Anthony Richardson now uh, under the helm. Yeah, I think um, Alec Pierce is really interesting. Uh, you know, his success rates don't jump off as anything crazy high, but it's not terrible either. Now, ninth percentile success rate for his zone. No, that's not good. But no, 69.6% success rate versus man. That's at the 50, 57th percentile. 72.4% success rate versus press. That's at the 69th percentile. Those are pretty good marks, again, for a pure outside X receiver. And my yep. God, I mean, like the most limited application deployment of all time might be Alec Pierce. He was on the line of scrimmage for 90.1% and was outside Jeez. on a whopping 94.9% of the <laughs> Wow. X receiver sticking in one spot and running deep, baby. I mean, vertical routes for days here for Alec Pierce, like a lot of downfield stuff. You want to play a fun game? Well, number one, you should subscribe to the website to play this game. So, so, so do yes, this. Please go please. to uh, Alec Pierce's rookie year profile and go to his college profile and put the route charts and the percentile <laughs> success rates up against each other. It's like identical. I mean, look at his NFL uh, success rate route chart. Nine routes, green, post route, green, slant route, green, flat route, green, everything else. Not too much. Uh, you look at his college profile, his college success rate chart, nine route green, post route green, slant route green, flat route yellow, everything else red. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> all he runs is nines, posts, and slants, and that's it. And, hey, it works for him, man. I mean, he, he does make some plays there. He does make some Absolutely. plays for sure. Like I think he's a limited application player, but – I mean, honestly, I've said some of the same stuff about George Pickens and 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 Christian Watson, and like, I actually kind of think like Pierce is closer, maybe not to Christian Watson, but, but Alec Pierce is like kind of closer to like George Pickens in this class, I think, than like most people think or dynasty rankings mm-hmm. certainly think. Now, I mean, you know, he's 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 definitely a guy. Another one, double digit drop rate, ten point four percent drop rate. That's disappointing. Um, he was in contested situations on forty three point eight. Good of the God, target. <laughs> Jesus. Good Lord. What are we, what? Do- what are we doing oh my with Alec God. Pierce? What oh are we my doing God. with Alec Pierce, man? I mean, it's it's nuts, dude. Like all and uh, some of it's because, you know, he's not a full field separator, like I mentioned. Some of it too is like he's running those deep routes, he's getting open, and then Matt Ryan's little lollipop, it, uh, you know, the little balo- like balloon coming there to get the nine rough. route ball. So yeah, man, it's he's definitely a much more interesting player. But uh, yeah, I think he's a little I think he's kind of a tad underrated right now. What, what, what was his contested catch rate, too? Because, again, I, I thought that was something that he had in his collegiate bag um, mm-hmm. that I was really impressed with, that, that I thought he was really good uh, snatching that ball out the air. 
Yeah, his collegiate uh, contested catch rate was 71.4%. He's at 67%, 66.7% as a rookie. But, I mean, again, he's in 43% contested target Good rate, God. 44%. That's probably going to be the highest all year for sure. So I was almost like, yeah, it's not one of these numbers in the high 70s or 80s. It's, like, really impressive. But I think when you put it yeah. in context, it's like that's actually not that bad that he's – in so many consistent situations and is still winning, uh, you know, 67%, which is not, which is not bad either. Anything under 50%. That's not great. If if for RP, you want to be a little higher than that. Yeah. You want to be a little, you want to be over 70%. No doubt about it. Uh, We talk about some of the athletic profile uh, for Alec Pierce, right? This guy was a second round draft pick, by the way, guys. So, you know, the, the Colts felt pretty good about this, uh, this receiver out of Cincinnati, 6'3", 211 pounds, so a uh, pretty big boy, ran a 4'4", 140, um, again, at 6'3", 211, that'll work. 40 and a half inch vertical at that size, that'll work. A 10'9", broad jump, that'll work. I mean, this is a guy that is an, an elite um, athlete. I don't think he's got that start-stop ability uh, that oh, would no. truly separate him and, and really make him a, a, a just a special athlete, Matt. But I think overall, uh, again, the role that he plays outside X receiver, I think that's pretty good given the size and speed profile. You know, because of the uh, route data that we mentioned earlier, the fact that in college and in the NFL, he was, you know, solid against man coverage and pretty good against press coverage, but really bad against zone coverage. And and again, some of the the tightness that you mentioned, the routes, my player comparison for him coming uh, out of college was like the bad analysis on DK Metcalf, you know, like <laughs> right. DK Metcalf wasn't this guy, but like, you know, the guy that couldn't turn, he could only run goes and slants and posts. That was actually literally Alec Pierce. It's not DK Metcalf. It is Alec Pierce though. So yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way as you. And I think he's for that role, that limited application vertical X receiver role that we expect him to play. You know, that's totally fine. And, and I look at this culture receiver corn. It's like, I kind of think they've got, they're pretty good. You know, they, I, I think that the, 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 the media, you know, the consensus doesn't value the Colts receivers, but love Josh Downs as a slot. I think Pierce mm-hmm. is underrated as a vertical X receiver. And Pittman, I still think is a true volume, ho- volume hog. Number one receiver started working on his uh, RP sample for the June 8th drop. Um, and I, I mean, Pittman's still really good. Frustrating season last year for sure, but I think he's a pretty good player. Hey, listen, man, you got, you, we talked about this on, on the show a couple of weeks ago, but uh, you got Pittman, you got Jonathan Taylor, Alec Pierce, athlete, 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 uh, Josh Downs, perfect in that slot role. Uh, and then even in, in terms of like the tight end room, you got Mo Alley Cox, you got Jelani Woods, athlete, athlete, uh, Kylan Granton is a tough nosed uh, tight end that they've got uh, in that room as well. So I think the offensive line will be fine. Um, and then, you know, what are you going to get between Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson? By, Richardson, by the way, one of the most athletic quarterbacks we've ever seen, uh, arguably the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen uh, in the NFL. So, no, nah, I mean, this is it's a it's a great team in terms of um, athletic profile. Can they put it all together? Can Shane Steichen get these guys moving in the same direction? Because if they do, I tell you what, man, the Colts are going to surprise some folks, you know. And it's not like they, yep. hey, listen, it's not like the AFC South is like loaded or anything. You know what no. I mean? It's why it's pretty wide open. I like the Jags. Everyone likes the Jags, but you know, I don't think anyone loves the Jags. Certainly, the Colts would be in the mix. Yeah. And I, I just think a lot of it is these receivers are definitely undervalued. I think that's like people think it's a weakness, but especially given the offense that they'll probably run, 
I, I like this group. I think it's interesting. And, and yeah, I agree that like they could be a sleeper team. It's tough in the AFC. So many good teams, but they could be maybe not this year. Cause like what's Anthony Richardson going to be as a rookie, but I think they're building yeah. something pretty good in Indianapolis. Yeah. And I think Alec Pierce, dude, this guy's like going to be free in best ball drafts and fantasy and stuff like that. And he's going to give right. you some weeks with Anthony Richardson based on the profile that we have here. And I do think he's a little closer to some of these bigger name guys in this class than, than others might think. Alec Pierce, certainly a, a very, very interesting player. I, I really can't wait to see what year two holds um, for Pierce playing in this offense. I, again, anytime you're talking about a guy that's running just just straight up vertical routes, man. Like he has a chance to really do some things uh, from a fantasy perspective, especially since the price is free, man. Like, as you mentioned, Matt, the dude's like, he's going so late uh, that he's just going to be an afterthought. He's going to be one of my favorite players to target uh, in fantasy football, but even just from a real life perspective. And we talk about a lot, a lot of real life football here. um, I just like what Pierce brings to that Colts offense, you know, because Pittman is, uh, you know, he can play everywhere, but I don't think, you know, deep downfield, you know, winning on speed or anything, that's not his game. You know, he's just a great receiver everywhere, especially in the intermediate areas of the field. I've said this a million times. I've said this a million times. If you want to be a great receiver in the NFL, I don't care how well you are downfield, but man, you have to win in the intermediate areas of the football field. That's how you become uh, a great football player, a great receiver in the NFL. The special players are the ones that could do it in their intermediate areas and then also beat you over the top. But Pittman, man, I'll tell you, he, he, he is a good to great player. Um, and you pair him with Alec Pierce. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. I like it. I like that combination of receivers there. Uh, they've got in Indianapolis. All right. So there you go. A little bit of a shorter show, I think, today, but that's okay. Can you guys go to the website, man? Uh, We talked about it in last week's episode. We announced it on Twitter, but we're adding quarterback charting to this whole process, man, to this whole game we we got going on, man. Matt's going to give you world-class, elite, wide receiver charting, and now we've teamed up. We've brought on, we've hired Derek Klassen, um, QB class on Twitter, if you want to follow him there, and he's going to give us – uh, what we think is going to be world-class quarterback charting as well. Uh, Matt, man, I mean, it's just, it is just so it's, it's a very exciting time if you want to get involved with uh, reception perception in 2023. It's best time, man. I mean, we got great receiver stuff coming, you know, great receiver stuff's going to be there. And yeah, now this quarterback charting, like I promise you, you're not going to find better. Like, you know, there's plenty of people that are doing charting. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, oh, but, yeah. but, I'm talking about like people you can trust, you know, like do, like you know who's doing the charting, you know what they're putting, you know the time that, that this individual's spending on it. I trust Derek Klassen completely when we're talking about that, and obviously I, I hope people feel the same way about my work if they're going to subscribe to the site. So yeah, <laughs> right, um, exactly. It's a great place to get both quarterbacks and wide receivers. It's gonna it's gonna be awesome. So um, yeah, we're building something for sure. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. I mean, it's our large. It's by far our largest investment uh, into the business. So I, I would hope so, you know. Um, and again, so. man, we we did a lot. We did a lot this off season, did we not, Matt? We revamped the website, got that going. Um, and so, yeah, man. Look, everyone who supported the business so far has been has been well received, man. And, and we definitely appreciate it. But we're just pouring it right back into the business, man. 
getting the website um, up to snuff uh, and, and such a, it's so much better of a mobile experience now too. Uh, and then being able to bring on Derek class I think has been, it will be a game changer uh, for reception perception. So I'm really, really excited about it anyways. Okay. Buy a subscription um, so I can pay for my next gas tank as I'm probably <laughs> making my cross country move <laughs> you as you're go. listening to this right now or, right. or packing up those last few boxes. So yeah, buy a subscription so I can, uh, I can buy my next gas tank. So I don't have to leave my wife and dogs in the middle of the desert. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, very good stuff. Hey, our next episode that we hear from Matt, he's actually not going to be in Southern California. The dude's going to be across the country. That's going to be exciting. So we'll see how his move is going when we next check in on him, but he's going to be taking a week off. We're going to, we're going to bring in a guest. Hopefully it's Derek class. And I say, hopefully, because despite the fact that we uh, are, are running and operating this thing, I, I actually haven't asked him if he wants to be on the podcast yet. So I have no idea, uh, but hopefully he will join us uh, and give us some insight on some of these quarterbacks as well. But uh, anyways, our time does run short here. Everyone, go find Matt on Twitter. Go find Derek Klassen on Twitter. Wish these guys the best. But anyways, for Matt Harmon, I am James Cohn. We'll see you.